his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. It's BMAS and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. That's right, BMAS and Beamer on WBEN. Let's, uh, it's settling in to a nice Monday. It's a holiday week, holiday weeks here on WBEN. Thanks for hanging out with me if you're at work, struggling through the next couple of weeks. How much work gets done this week and next week? I mean, you got a four-day week this week. You know, everyone's off on Friday getting ready for it. And then you got a four-day week next week. And then the new year starts. Is this, I mean, does anything get done? Or are you just uh, kind of, uh, you know, sleepwalking it in to the new year? Uh, For those of you who are still at work today, you can let me know. 803-0930, the phone lines are open throughout the morning. You can weigh in here on WBEN, 803-0930 on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board as well. Just uh, myself with you here today. You're stuck with Brian for the next hour. Joe will be in uh, right after me. Uh, he's in, well, he better be in at 10 because I see him uh, running around all over the place back there. Joe, tip of advice, double hoodie uh, in here today. That's what you're going to need. A little extra layer. Bundle up. It's cold out there. Uh, but, no, thanks for hanging out with me here. Uh, a couple things to get to. We just heard Tim Thielman. He was talking about the Great Northern Grain Elevator on again with us this morning. His thoughts on saving that structure. Uh, what are you thinking right now? The very latest in that, by the way, if you missed it at all over the last uh, you know, uh, 12 hours or so, I don't blame you if you did, was uh, the emergency demolition halted until at least Wednesday. Both sides are uh, set to return to a courtroom, argue in front of a judge one way or another what should happen to it. And developer Doug Jamal, apparently joining the effort to save the grain elevator, expressing interest in buying it, and restoring it. So, all right, that's uh, you know nice and uh, well to go. We so we have that we have to talk about eight oh three oh nine thirty. What should happen there with the big building that now has a big hole in it? Um, and, and then there's the other front, uh, the COVID front, which you know rising cases. We all know what's going on. Uh, but I thought this was interesting. See if you can catch it in this uh, report. This is Ike Jochi. Millions of Americans are expected to travel for the holidays, with December 23rd and January 3rd expected to be the busiest days. And when it comes to flying, Dr. Anthony Fauci says masks on planes might be here for good. Early data shows Omicron may be more transmissible, but is likely less severe than previous variants. Doctors say the vaccine booster shot mostly restores protection. It's Ike Jochi over at ABC. Did you catch that in the middle of there? 
Dr. Fauci says masks on planes might be here for good. What do you think about that? For good. Um, I'm not sure here. Uh, Dr. Fauci said that this week. I remember being told, you know, uh, a year or so ago that on a plane, it was almost the gold standard of air circulation. That basically the only uh, air that you're breathing in is basically the people in your own row. And everything else is just, you know, filtered so well because it has to be in an airplane. And hearing that, you know, these kind of myths about needing the airborne or or something like that when you're flying, uh, you're less likely to get sick on the airplane than you are, you know, in your office or cubicle or talking uh, right next to somebody, even though it seems like you're all stuck in a can. There's so much air circulation there that it might be one of the last places where you actually have to worry. The airport, more dangerous than the airplane. But we heard that over the weekend. Masks on planes might be here for good. What do you think about that? Now, I'm not a I'm not a fan of masks on planes. I it's uncomfortable to say the least <laughs> when you're trying to fall asleep on one of these flights, as I found out over the last year. Uh, but I'm wondering if there are changes that have happened or could happen on a plane that might make the experience go by uh, I don't know a little smoother or something like that. Is keeping masks on the plane one of them? Generally speaking, I'm all for, and this is going to come off as very antisocial of me, but I'm typically all for something that is going to cut down on the the back and forth on an airplane. Not that I don't want to talk to the person sitting next to me, but... You know, whether it's the flight attendant or, you know, any a good excuse to not have to answer every single question. I don't know. Maybe there's worse things than masks on planes. But I thought that was interesting over the weekend, especially with what I heard a year ago about how great the air filtration is on those planes. Someone chiming in on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. A four-day week, more like a five-day week of 12 hours every day for FedEx, UPS, and postal service workers. We don't get days off from the week before Thanksgiving until Christmas Day. Mandatory everyone at work. God bless you, everyone who's uh, working there 12 hours a day. And that's probably on the low end, I'd imagine. All around the clock. You see those. Uh, I mean, whether it's UPS, Amazon trucks, I mean, you name it. They're going nonstop around the neighborhood. So uh, hopefully we can help pass the time just uh, oh, a little bit <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more easily for the next hour or so. But back on the grain elevator, I I thought Tim Thielman said something that kind of struck with me. And I have been among those who, you know, my stance on this, and uh, this is what I said last week. Me and Joe were in here talking about it. And I said, I would like to see it saved. You know, I understand the history of it. And if you don't have a, a plan to put something in its place immediately, then there's really no point in knocking it down. You know, try and save it. Keep it up. Unless you, you know, are ready to go with your shovels and excavators and wrecking balls, first off. Unless you're ready to go with the plan of something else that can be there and actually use that plot of land. Otherwise, you know, save the grain elevator. But what Tim Thielman said, I thought for some reason struck a chord in me 
and I, even though I knew this to be true for the last week, I don't know why this might be a turning point in me. When we were talking with him this morning, and he mentioned the state of disrepair that the Great Northern Grain Elevator is in. And he said this has been, uh, you know, basically the past 30 years when it's been under the ownership of this ADM, that it's been in a state of disrepair. And this way he said that everybody who drives past it every single day can see it, can see that it's not being taken care of, that it's in this great state of disrepair. And, you know, how many people see that on a daily basis? Quite a few people. And more so recently that more people are out and using the waterfront. I don't know why that struck uh, something with me where I said, well, hang on a second. All right, I think you're right here. Every day, hundreds, thousands of people pass that Great Northern Grain Elevator. Every single day, they saw it as, you know, kind of a hunk of junk. (laughs) You know, I I mean, to speak quite frankly, wasn't exactly in the best state of repair. Great big building, but... Certainly not something I'd feel safe walking through. A good thing no one was when that windstorm came on Saturday. And all these years, 30 years of people passing this every single day. Great big building, lots of history in Buffalo, in a tremendous state of disrepair and not being used. And for 30 years, nobody said anything about it. For 30 years, it wasn't that big of an issue for anybody to, you know, say, hey, what, what are we doing with the Great Northern Grain Elevator? Hey, I drive past this every day. It's a, you know, big, tremendous building. Shouldn't we be doing something with it? I never hear anything like that. Now, there, there have been a few, but there has been no organized effort. I mean, have you heard of one? No big community effort to save or rehabilitate or reuse the Great Northern Grain Elevator? And there's been a lot of those. And usually I'm aware of them because we're covering them here on WBEM. The Skajakwita, the, you know, you name it, the Grand Central Terminal. Uh, there's a tremendous effort behind that. But there really hasn't been for this. And so he said that, and I'm sitting here now asking myself, I, okay, well, if the public didn't care about this for 30 years, And it's in a huge state of disrepair now. I mean, it was before, but now, you know, perhaps in emergency state. Is it really worth saving? I don't know why that point kind of struck with me. Let's go to Bob. Bob, you're on WBEN. Thanks for the call. 809, uh, or excuse me. We'll give out the number in a second. (laughs) Bob, you're on WBEN. What's on your mind? Well, I want to. I, I want to say I miss Buffalo. I love Buffalo. I'm in Florida, and uh, it's it's pretty warm out here. So don't get mad. Oh, great. All right. Second of all, I called in many a times your radio show. I'm an ex Air Force guy. Grew up in Buffalo. Love the city. I see these old buildings, and I know the grain elevator, and it just kills me to hear these people that want to block the destruction of this building. This is the issue I have with Buffalo. Buffalo just doesn't progress like other cities do. I lived in Boston. I called before, and we talked about why people didn't move back to Buffalo. They didn't move back to Buffalo because the job market isn't strong there compared to other cities, L.A., Boston, Denver, or whatever. Denver has a tech center. You can very easily take this building that is worthless right now, that is going to continue to fall apart because it's an eyesore, make an industrial complex, make a tech center out of it, and get more creative jobs out there. What is the problem? It's kind of like the Skyway. That Skyway is going to be there another 100 years because everybody wants to tear it down and 
but we don't know what to do with it. Bob, I like the idea, but I'm going to stop you here because in practice, do you really think that's an option? So the idea, listen, it sounds great. You knock it down, you build something else that people can use, but is there a clamoring for, uh, you know, a huge parcel of land so that we can put, what, 3,000 IT jobs in the city of Buffalo? Who is wanting to put that many jobs in the city of Buffalo right now, especially right now, because think about this, M&T moved their big IT hub into Seneca Tower. It looks tremendous inside. How many people are actually working in there right now? I mean, it's all done, it's all finished, Buffalo. and everyone's working from home. <laughs> so is, is there a need for that? People would come back to Buffalo and said, hey, there's a job market there. There's not a job market in Buffalo for people like me and other individuals that are working in the high-tech business. But if there was, more people would come back for their families and all that. I mean, that's a concept that the city of Buffalo ought to think about. I like the idea, but I think it's the other way around. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you half, half the way. I, oh, b- I think the job market has to be here before you go about with the building. I don't think you knock down old buildings and then build something up and then hope oh, that the market follows, right? Waterfront down there and put the Naval Park down there. I'm 61 years old. I was a kid, and I used to go down there, and they talked about this for years. They want to take the odd down. They brought Clinton out there. Remember that? Oh, we're going to put a bass bar out there. How's that going? That's a piece of dirt there right now. It only took them 50 years to take that waterfront and pull their head out of their tails to make it work. This is why the city of Buffalo doesn't progress, because everybody wants to hold on to this stuff and say, we can't do this. It's not real. People won't come here. They will. Bob, appreciate the call. I, You know, I... I go back and forth with what Bob's saying there. I, You know, I see the point. I see where you're coming from. I think there's some valid things in there. At the same time, I, you know, are, are we going to pin that all on us holding on to the past? I don't, was not doing anything with the odd? Was, you know, it taking until, when was the odd knocked down? It was like, what, 2015, 2014? You know, there was still that uh, construction up to, or 2010, maybe. It took a long time. That's all I'm going to say for us to finally knock the odd down after it was no longer in use. But I don't think that was because anyone was, you know, saying, oh, we have to keep this structure. No, we were just waiting for something to give us a reason to do that. And I think that's kind of where I generally am at with that grain elevator. Give me a reason to knock it down. Or else I I don't know if I just want to knock stuff down for the sake of knocking it down. This one is a little bit of a different uh, (laughs) thing because there's a huge hole in the side of it. Uh, Gary in uh, Boston. Gary, you're on WBEN. What's going on? Yeah, I I, I believe that uh, you got to save this one because uh, in the future we're going to use all these grain elevators. It's going to be the Venice of Buffalo, okay? And now that Mr. uh, or, or I should say... St. Jamal is involved, it could uh, happen, you see. Uh, they got all kinds of different uh, tax credits that can be used, and uh, nowhere else in the world is there, I think, such a uh, 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 conglomeration of uh, all these th- different uh, grain elevators. If you ever gone down there at night, I mean, we only have a couple that you can look at. The one is lighted. But it's like being in a canyon, and I can uh, envision the ground floor, not 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 the uh, elevators themselves being uh, uh, rooms or anything. That's too, that's too costly. 
just the ground floor restaurants, and and then uh, you could have uh, uh, apartment buildings on the surrounding uh, property at each of these uh, grain elevators. It would be a sight to see. You know, I think it would be a great attraction for Buffalo. Gary, I think it would be a great attraction. Do you think there's enough people who want to live there? Yeah, I think so. It's a cool. It would be a cool place to live. Like Peter Hunt on uh, on his show, I listen to it every Saturday morning at nine. You know, he says there's a cool factor to, to, with the younger people where they want to live in it. What cooler, uh, you know, cool factor could there be other than a nice community like that? You can have some kind of. Uh, People have uh, their boats parked on the side. You know, the shipping is just about shot there. Yeah. Hey, Gary, appreciate the call. I, I do kind of agree with that one take Gary had, right? There's a cool factor. Isn't that what young people want to do? It's like, listen, I, I never worked in a factory or got my hands dirty, but, hey, I live where they used to do that, right? And that, my boat is parked right out there. So I, you know, I'm kind of like a, a hard worker, right? No? Chapman, let's go uh, over to you. You're on WBEN. What do you think about this big building? Uh, good morning. Um, well, the thing that hasn't been coming up that often, or at least that I haven't heard, is they already approved decades ago for it to be demolished, and then, of course, nothing ever happened to it, and then there was, there's was there been nothing as far as like planning to do anything with it or even volunteers to tidy it up, uh, do maintenance, so, and then as soon as something happens, there's an emergency situation, it has to be brought down, then everybody comes out of the woodwork wanting to protect it, and but nobody's willing to get their hands dirty and actually do what needs to be done. It's just a whole bunch of ideas, and nobody's actually bringing any valid like ideas or anything on paper to the table. And such. all they're doing is prolonging something that could eventually come down when there's somebody near it. I like, or, Chapman, sorry for the interruption, I like the point, um, and it's. I think you're kind of thinking along the same lines that I am, that, hey, you have these great ideas until somebody is ready with a wrecking ball or a jar of paint or, you know, whatever it is to do it. These ideas are, are worthless and worthless and worthless, the, you know, the more time they kind of sit out there. Exactly. And here's the other thing to consider, too, with all these different uh, individuals and groups that are saying they want to protect it, they want to prolong it and everything else. That's perfectly fine. Make an offer to the group that owns it right now and take over the property taxes every single year, and let's see how far they're able to go with it. A a absolutely. Hey, uh, let me ask you one more question, though. Does it change if the person with the ideas all of a sudden is Doug Jamal and not, you know, just a group of people who has some ideas? I honestly don't know. I mean, obviously, the money talks and um, name recognition helps and all that, but I mean, the fact remains, is it actually feasible? Is it structurally sound to be able to be rebuilt, strengthened up, safe, where you can guarantee that if people, tourists even, are walking around it, that it's not just going to, if we get like one of those random tremors or some storm event happens, that all of a sudden half of it just doesn't come down, and then you have lives uh, that, that you're going to have to be responsible for. Absolutely. Hey, Chapman, thanks for the call. Um, yeah, drive past that and uh, just ask yourself the question. Oh, yeah, we fixed it up. I mean, would you want to live there? That's a legitimate question. Uh, before the break, let's head to Joe in East Aurora. Joe, you're on WBEN. Yeah, I think these people are a little crazy, man. You look at that building, what, what are you actually going to do with it? You know, I mean, the thing is, what it would cost to fix that is probably insane amounts of money. 
you know, you go to any any uh, any prosperous city, you know, you see you see tower cranes, them building things. Buffalo's pretty much, I mean, you know, the last one there turn out the lights. Come on, I mean, you know, they need somebody with some envision. I mean, what what are you going to do? You're going to put a couple of apartments in that old thing? I, Joe, I like the point. Thanks for the call. I, here is I, this is a very good point when talking about this building, because this isn't the old police headquarters. You know, a, a building right in a prominent spot with a whole bunch of rooms already in there, right? This isn't one Seneca Tower, which was built as an office building. I mean, this is a huge, empty structure. And it's easy for you or me to sit here and say, ah, oh, well, you know, we'll just make it into something else. Apartments, museum, I don't know, tech office space. Yeah. I, okay. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're given this huge empty box and you're asked to retrofit it to something it was not meant for at all. And make sure it's still structurally sound. It's got a big hole in the corner of it. I know I'm sounding like somebody who was on the, you know, team tear it down. I'm not. I like to see things like this preserved. But as we talked with Tim Thielman for 30 years, we have been driving past looking at this big building and not once did we hear anybody say, hey, we should really work on saving that. So why should that change now? 803-0930 if you want to give me a call. You're listening to Beamaz and Beamer here on WBEN. Beamaz and Beamer. Now Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome back, Beamaz and Beamer. Joe, uh, you'll hear from in just about 30 minutes from right now, but you're uh, stuck here with me, Brian Mazarowski, here on Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN. We're talking about the Great Northern Grain Elevator and some of the new wrinkles in this uh, little back and forth that's going on. That emergency demolition stayed, halted by a judge. Now the two sides are going back Wednesday. And then there's this. Developer Doug Jamal has said that he would love to uh, buy and restore the Great Northern Grain Elevator, which was severely damaged in the windstorm over a week ago. If you've driven past it, just a humongous hole right in the wall there. Hard to miss. It really is. Huge building, huge hole. The hole is bigger than most buildings. Uh, But what should happen here? I uh, began the show saying, you know, I'm generally in favor of keeping historic, unique things, right? I think it's what separates us and what we'll have going for us that's not, I mean, you ever go to Denver and outside of like the main city, everything's generic. Everything's a strip mall. Everything looks, go down to Florida. Florida's the same way. Every development there is just, and there's no history or anything to it. It just, eh. There's nothing special, nothing that gives you a feeling. It's kind of lame, to be honest. I, you know, I like there's, there's a character in older things. So generally, I'm, I'm for keeping some of these things. And if Doug Jamal is interested in buying this and redeveloping, that, I think that should be the way to go. If he wants to purchase the property, try to make something of this while keeping it and then also making it useful, let's go. Let's see what can be done. But we were talking with Tim Thielman. He's with the Campaign for Greater Buffalo, um, probably the most prominent preservationist here in Buffalo and Western New York. And he said something that really kind of stuck with me when we were speaking with him this morning, uh, talking about how this has been in a state of disrepair for the last 30 years, that this ADM has owned the building. And hundreds or thousands of people are driving by this every single day, 
seeing it in a state of disrepair. So I go, well, hang on a second. <laughs> if thousands of people are seeing this every single day, it's in a state of disrepair. Even before this giant hole was blown right into the wall by the wind, I there was nobody who raised their hand and said, hey, let's save this. You know, it's a great piece of history. Why isn't anything being done? Why does this look like it's falling apart? Nobody ever. I mean, a few people. But there's been no effort over the last 30 years that's been big enough to get on my radar to save this great northern grain elevator. So if we haven't tried in the last 30 years, do we really care enough to make something of it or save it without a plan for its future? And there's a big difference between saving it with someone like Doug Jamal. It could be somebody else who comes in with a plan to restore this and then figure out how to use this and make it useful going forward, there's a big difference between that and having the city or somebody else say, no, we're going to halt demolition, we're going to save it, maybe we'll fix the hole in the wall, and then it will still stand there. It's a big difference between the two. Let's go back to the phones. 803-0930 if you want to weigh in with uh, what you think. Uh, we'll go to Mark. Mark, you're on WBEN. What's going on? Uh, hey, I, I completely agree with your point. For 30 years, this thing has sat there, and no one has tried to do anything with it. So what's the point of trying to do something with it now? Let's move Buffalo forward like every other city in the country tear it down, and build something really nice there. How about in a brand-new aquarium for downtown Buffalo? Can you imagine the tourism that that would bring into the area? All those uh, yummy lake fish, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or how about an indoor water park? Something to bring families here. No one chooses to come to Buffalo. I have to take my family to other cities to do stuff because those things aren't here. People don't want to come here. Tear it down, build something new. You've got a million other grain elevators that are falling down into the river that people can come and look at. Um, that That is the best way to move this city forward. Love the show. I'll listen to what you have to say. Thank you. All right, Mark, thanks for the call. I, I would that To say I, I like the idea, again, I just think it's the order might be a little bit backwards. I, I This idea of tear it down, let's build something new. Okay, I like it. Right, Look at the North Hob Block right now. It's a giant pit of nothing. We tore down the odd. And it, and that's not to say we should have saved the odd. But you can kind of see what happens when you go with, tear it down. We don't know. We need something new here without a plan. Right? I, if you have a plan to do something, by all means, go ahead and uh, tear it down and, and do it. Because that has not been used for the last three decades. That's not been used for my entire lifetime. Joyce, you're on WBEN. How's it going this morning? Fine, thank you. I'm listening, and uh, I just have a few questions. I mean, they keep referring to it as a historic building, but has it been recognized or registered with the National Historic Preservation Agency? If it has been, then there's money, grant money available to save it. But then if you're talking about saving it, you have to have a purpose. And so um, my thought, too, on the other end of this is, Eastern States grain silos on Military Road in at the north part of Buffalo, in ta actually Tonawanda area, when they tore that down, it brought a rat problem to the Tonawandas. 
that wasn't there before. And so my, you know, there's questions about even the historic, that's my main point, the historic significance. Has it been recognized or registered? Are we just talking? Joyce, I appreciate the call. I think you summed it up perfectly there. If I can, Joyce, uh, take your, hopefully I'm getting this right. But if I were to sum up your point, it kind of sounds like this. Keep it up. Tear it down. I don't care. Either way, have a plan. And that would be the most important thing, right? Have a plan for what to do with this building and then act accordingly. I mean, that is the the smart, logical way to go about this, right? You don't tear it down without a plan. And Joy says you make all the rats homeless and they end up in your backyard. Or they'll end up uh, in one of the neighboring businesses. And certainly, I uh, don't want that in my Fruit Loops. Although, you know, you uh, bring this up. Guinness, you know, Guinness used to get its flavor from the rats that were at the bottom of the barrel that no one found until they one day cleaned the brewery. They cleared all the rats out. They cleaned all their equipment. They said, oh, finally, we got the rats out of our beer. But it didn't taste the same. People liked the taste of whatever the rats were leaving in there. So they had to artificially come up with that flavor. I hope that a lot of people listening don't know this. It's a little interesting factoid for you to take home the holidays when you're opening up that pint of Guinness. They had to recreate the flavor of the rats in the barrel after they cleaned them all out. They couldn't keep them in, you know, in all good conscience, but they needed that flavor. So that's what they did. That being said, I still don't want to see the uh, rats in one of the neighboring businesses if they're driven out by you knocking it down. I don't know. Uh, so, you, you know, knock it, have a plan, and then you can knock it down and uh, build anew on that ground and do something with it. Or have a plan and restore this and execute that plan and use the building. Neither of those things have been done so far. And from a lot of the arguments you hear, Save it. Knock it down. Neither include a good plan. A lot of them include ideas. Oh, well, it could become this. You know, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, right? I mean, you, well, it, it could be, you know, but we could, high-tech office space or something like that. I, these are all great ideas. You need a plan. Put something on that blue paper with those little white lines. And then let's go. Let's execute. Let's show people that Buffalo is about business and that we do move forward and we are going to take care of these things. I think that would be a big statement, right, to be able to look at this huge hulking structure that stood vacant that I think a lot of people would look at and just say, hey, that's a lost cause. I don't know what it would cost to tear that down and build something new or to restore that building, but I don't want any part of that. That's what most people, I think, would say. That's probably why it's been vacant and in a state of deterioration unused for the last three decades. So let's prove people wrong. Proving people wrong would be moving forward, finding a vision, having a plan, and executing. And that's how you change the perception of Buffalo. 
We've done that in a few projects, but let's go. Let's do it with this. I mean, you have an opportunity here. And you have a whole lot of people with ideas. And you have everybody, I really believe, everyone who calls in here with the best of intentions. But let's see some action on this building, all right? I'd love to I'd love to still see it up. I'd love for it to be rehabbed. But if it's going to be rehabbed just to sit vacant for another 30 years, I is it worth it? I don't know. Let's head over to our text board. 803-0930 if you want to weigh in. The Great Northern Grain Elevator. What should become of it? What would you like to see down there on the water? You can give us a call. 803-0930 or weigh in on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. That's where we'll go right now. Uh, someone chiming in, right? Has anyone asked what the owner's plan is for after they tear it down, right? That's important because the ADM, the owner, will say, right, we need to tear this down. It's okay, but what is the plan now for that building? That's something I I really hadn't heard. Someone else, uh, did anyone think ADM doesn't want the building but still wants the land? Maybe they have plans for the empty lot. All right, let's hear these plans. That's, uh, that would go a long way. If you want to tear this down, that would go a long way into convincing these people to say, go ahead and go for it. It's to have that plan and show me how you are going to execute. The only business industry keeping all these dilapidated buildings around is for uh, making horror movie backgrounds. That's somebody chiming in on our Volkswagen Orchard Park text board. Joe Beamer told me that in the new A Quiet Place movie, uh, that's the old Bethlehem still was used in there. And I said, yeah, that does look a little post-apocalyptic, right? That old uh, burnt-out Bethlehem steel building? I think so. Uh, but you, And then uh, someone else apologizing for all the cat texts uh, that they accidentally sent us instead of uh, somebody else uh, talking about leaving the cat or letting the cat out the door. I uh, hope your cat is okay. <laughs> Let's go to Dave. In North Tonawanda. Dave, how's it going? You're on WBEN. Good. Um, I come from a construction background, and that, that building is really only worth the steel that's in it to tear it down. It's in an industrial area where, I don't know if you've driven that street, but um, ADM produces flour, and the flour dust goes all over the place, turns everything white. General Mills... Um, you know the smell that General Mills produces. Um, it's very loud over there. There's a cement plant that um, generates, um, you know, cement dust. I, I don't know why anyone would want to live over there. Plus, the other thing is it's an industrial environmental hazardous site. So the site would have to be cleaned up. Um, and I don't think ADM probably is would be willing to sell the property to somebody because of the hazardous waste that's on site. It's next to railroad tracks. So uh, there's, there's way more obstacles than people really think there are. Uh, you know, Dave, I appreciate the call. You bring up something that, uh, you know, it's a kind of festering in my memory is when they started with Riverworks, right? Um, now, you might remember that this was uh, Riverworks, when they, uh, you know, set out to make this, I, it was almost unbelievable. It's like, all right, you're going to take just, you know, a whole bunch of nothing, junk, and, you know, create this big entertainment venue? You know, sure, go ahead. But they faced a good amount of pushback from General Mills because they said that area, 
listen, I understand you want to make this entertainment venue. You think it'll look nice and be cool. But this is an industrial area. We have trucks. We have rail. We have all these different things, uh, whether chemicals or anything moving in and out. I don't know if adding a bunch of pedestrians and, you know, commuter cars to this is what's in the best interest of safety in here. And, you know, Dave brings up a good point that this is, you know, eventually it worked out, right? Although it wasn't without an accident. I do remember uh, covering an explosion that happened when a uh, truck uh, hit one of these rail carriers. I'm not, I'm trying to jog my memory of exactly what happened, but you could see it from all the way across the Buffalo River. Uh, But in general, uh, Buffalo Riverworks has worked out tremendously. It's a great success. Now, here we are talking about a facility that is, now, Riverworks is right on the water. It's on the Buffalo River facing, you know, where all the people are. This is on the water facing, now, remember, this is not on Lake Erie. This is on the water facing the Outer Harbor. And it is, if you kind of look at the property, it is in, I would say, a tougher area to get to than Riverworks, right? Riverworks, you can cross the Michigan Bridge, and you're right there. And you don't have to go through too much, you know, industrial stuff. Here, you have to go a little bit further down Ganson and, you know, kind of cross into that territory. It would have to be reimagined maybe in a, a little bit of a bigger way. So I think it does bring up a good point that it's not as simple as saying, okay, the uh, let's take the Perry Projects, for example. It's not as simple as saying there, oh, we can build a stadium here. I mean, not that that's simple. Or, you know, we can put some offices here or, you know, redevelop this land. Because that's, you know, it's in an area that, you know, has some streets nearby. It's generally a place where there's other businesses. There's other homes nearby. Uh, It's not a heavy industrial site, which does need to be taken into account. When you say, oh, let's build apartments there. Okay, um, are you signing up to live right next to General Mills? You know, a big industrial site. It's something that has to be taken into consideration, right? If you're going to build apartments there, oh, it's cool to live there. Okay, um... You know, it's an indoor water park. Is an indoor water park going to work on a heavy industrial area? Because that's what this still is, this whole strip of land. I mean, these are important questions that come with, all right, do you knock it down? I would love to hear uh, ADM and their, their plans for moving forward once they knock this down. Because this, you know, probably is best suited to be used for more heavy industry given where it is, even though you'd like to see maybe something else. Just a couple of thoughts, right, when you're talking. Not everything can just be, oh, you know, apartments. Yeah, office space. Just, yeah, throw it in there. Not everything can be that simple, right? Apartments. I'm not signing up to live next to a, a noisy factory. That's just me, especially in an area where likely rent's going to be high probably rent's going to be high. Downtown, on the water-ish. And uh, right next to uh, General Mills, they're pumping out some grain uh, 24-7. I'm not going to sign up to live there. So there are some other considerations, I think, that you can't just slap the condo label on absolutely everything that you want to redevelop 
in Buffalo. But you do have to have a plan either way. You want to save it? Give me a plan. What are you going to do with this building? You want to tear it down? All right, give me a plan. You're going to tear it down, and then what? The, the very funny people who text in at 803-0930 said, all right, you tear it down, and you build a Bass Pro Shop. Yeah, yeah. You guys are funny. <laughs> Joke never gets old, does it? Bass Pro Shop in Buffalo. One of these days, there actually is going to be a Bass Pro Shop. Then we're not going to be able to make jokes anymore. I mean, eventually it'll happen. There basically is in Cheektowaga. It's the same company, just a different name. So, I mean, we kind of did get there at the end of the day. No? It's not on the water, but, you know, I mean, same idea, generally speaking. Well, it's a tough situation. What do you do with that building? And keeping on to the old versus, you know, holding on to the new. I I don't think this will lead to, and I think this is one of the big fears, I don't think this leads to all of a sudden you saying, all right, no more grain elevators. We're taking all of them down. You know, take a, a meander down the Buffalo River. You know, it's a twists and turns and all the grain elevators that you see there. And it was brought up, uh, Tim Tillman last week when he joined us on this show, brought up, oh, the Great Northern Grain Elevator. It's the one you turn around, you, you see it right there. And I don't know, if you've ever kind of made that turn, that's not the thing that impressed me the most. When you, you know, turn right around uh, that last bend, if you're on a kayak and you go toward uh, the Buffalo River Landing and you see, I, I mean, the thing that impressed me most is one Seneca Tower. And seeing the buildings in the skyline in Buffalo, not necessarily the grain elevators that you were, you know, traveling past throughout the entire Buffalo River. And there's plenty of grain elevators. There's plenty of history. So I don't think you are getting rid of all of it if you tear down one building. Right? Someone's saying, don't forget the LLB in Namhurst. I don't know what you mean by that. Is that like, a, you know, adding a Bass Pro Shop? We got an LLB? I, I... You're going to find it hard to make anything that people want to. I don't Maybe Maybe Riverworks is a plus to this argument. Maybe it's a, a negative and just proves me wrong. But I think it is tough to draw people down there and create something in such a heavily industrial environment, which is exactly what would be the case if you saved this building and flipped into something else. I don't know. I, this won't be the last of it we hear this week. I'm sure Wednesday uh, we'll hear a little bit more what happens in a courtroom and uh, where they go with this decision. Hope you're here with me throughout the rest of the week. Big shout out to all the delivery drivers, the postal workers, the package uh, sorters. We'll be working day and night to get you your stuff for Christmas. Thanks for being with me here on BMAS and Beamer on WBEN. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.